Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. It's usually not very productive to consider what-ifs and might-have-beens, but today, I want to give you two huge what-ifs and what might have been. Hello, this is Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. This is the second in a series that's going to last for several weeks on emotional healing. I wrote a book a couple of years ago that's been a tremendous seller for us, and I'm so proud of it and proud of the work that it accomplished in the lives of so many people. And I've gotten so many wonderful letters from professional counselors and from people who use the book for themselves or who use the book to help others get help. And that just thrills me. And now I want to present it to you here on the Leader's Notebook. I'm going to spend some weeks exploring the issue of emotional healing. It is my conviction that in emotional healing, unlike physical healing, where the major variable is faith, that in emotional healing, I believe the major variable, the principal variable, is courage. The courage of a person who has been emotionally damaged by life in some way, the courage to face that damage, to face who they've become as a result of it, and the courage to enter into the process to start to reverse that damage. So let me give you these two what-ifs. Two little boys born at the end of the 19th century, the 1800s, in two different countries in Europe. They were both extremely abused. One little boy was beaten by his father so badly that he spent several days hovering between life and death in a coma. Uh, it, it was a, a very scarring effect. It stayed with him and made him afraid and traumatized him for the rest of his life. The other little boy was beaten regularly by his father. He would go days at a time with blood in his urine. Neither mother was able to protect the little boys. As they grew filled with anger and rejection and self-loathing, both of them tried to find success in different fields. The one little boy tried to find success in the priesthood. He was a complete failure and was finally ordered to leave the novitiate. The other little boy tried art. He thought he had some flickering gift for art, but it was bland and mediocre, and it never could have taken him into any kind of success. So he failed at art as the other boy failed at priesthood. Neither knew each other. They were born in different countries, but they were contemporaries. In order to cover the cruelty of their lives, their rejection, the the toxicity that had engulfed them both. They just became angrier, determined not to be hurt anymore. They decided to hurt others. I think maybe some of you have already guessed it. The one little boy born in Georgia, in fact, one of the Soviet Union states, was Joseph Stalin. The other little boy born in Austria was Adolf Hitler. We know what became of them. We know the millions and millions of people that they killed, slaughtered. We know how they destroyed nations' consciences, their hatred of the church, their uh, racial prejudice. We know all of these horrible, horrible things. 
I in no way want to equivocate on that. They were, became demonically despicable human beings who did unfathomable damage. But perhaps that damage that they did arose out of the damage done to them. Maybe their damaged, wounded childhoods made them damaging people, damaging men. So here's the what if. What if at some point when he was trying for the priesthood, Joseph Stalin, young Joseph Stalin, had found a counselor who could have led him to face his hurt and anger and bitterness toward his father, his feeling of insecurity and and instability. What if he had been able to process that with that healer and with Jesus? What if he had found Christ as his Savior? What might have been? We challenge ourselves. I mean, can we even imagine a Joseph Stalin who becomes a, a great healer and teacher and minister of the gospel? What if Adolf Hitler, I mean, when you even say it out loud, it just almost sounds ghoulish. But what if Adolf Hitler had stumbled into some kind of a Christian youth meeting? What if he had given his life to Christ? What if he had found the courage to enter into counseling and been able to process his hurt and hate and his racial prejudice and his feelings of insecurity? What if both of these distorted, wounded little boys had been able to find the courage to be healed? What if we know this old proverb. We know it as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. What if those bent twigs could have been straightened? What if they could have been straightened 80%? What if they could have been straightened 50%? What difference would it have made in their lives? And what difference would it have made in the history of the world and in the lives of millions and millions of people? It boggles the mind to even think of it. Those are the what-ifs that I deal with every time I do counseling. The only counseling I do now, I don't do consistent counseling. The only counseling I do is ministers and leaders who are in crisis because that's been very powerful in my life. But that's the only counseling I do. But when I have done counseling, the first question I ask myself is, I can see this person is expressing whatever they're expressing, anger, hurt, fear, resentment, bitterness, all these things. The first question I ask myself is, what if they can find the courage to get healed? What if they can enter in to the process of healing what might be, who they might become, the impact that they might have for Christ and his cause the change they might make in their own families, marriages, children, grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. That's the first thing I ask myself. So therefore, that's the question I want to ask you. What if instead of going on trying to force the toxicity of life under the covers of an outward success, instead of trying to suppress the anger and deal with the bitterness and all that. What if you found the courage to enter into a process of healing, a professional process of healing, and really dealt with the root cause of what is at that damage? What if you found that courage so that you don't have to come to the end of a life or a marriage or relationship or 
or just a career that's been filled with anger and depression, fear, and look back and ask yourself what might have been. I think that's one of the really sad questions. What if I had gotten healed earlier? What might have been produced in my life? So I'm speaking today in this podcast to people, I know you're there, who are dealing with constant woundedness, hurt, patterns in relationships that continue to haunt you. And you see them over and over and over again, but you just never really seem to be able to get on top of it. Some years ago, I read a fascinating article about counseling. I have not done this except one notable occasion in my life, helping soldiers to get healing. And this article was a magazine article by a counselor who was helping soldiers heal. And, and listen to what he said. Asking for help is counterintuitive for a soldier. I think it's imperative to change the military culture or at least understand that people can be broken. Just like military vehicles, aircraft, or any other machine, the soldiers themselves need to appear for maintenance. Wow. That writer might just as well have been speaking of the church, of its leaders, of business people, of parents, believers, many of them, Believers who can be and have proven that it's possible to be saved and broken at the same time. The fact that we find the courage to admit something is wrong inside doesn't invalidate the fact that I'm saved. Much in the altered life happens at the altar. I, I'm not in any way minimizing that. What I'm saying, though, is that the altered life begins at the altar. It doesn't end there. And that if we want our life to be altered, if we, if we want to explore the what if, what if Christ could change this in me? Why do I keep breaking relationships? Why do I keep having this same struggle with depression? Why do I keep failing at one thing or another that I keep trying at? Then what if I could find the courage to be healed? And therefore, I wouldn't have to come to the end of my life or career or walking down the courthouse steps at the end of a marriage, asking myself what might have been if I had found the courage just a little bit earlier. I want to talk to you about being healed, and I want to talk to you about courage. It's not easy to say to someone, I have some things I need to process. I need to talk to someone that can help me work through this and through it, and get out of it, so it doesn't continue to haunt me. I don't know why, but somewhere along the line, many in the Christian community began to believe that spirit-filled counseling was not consistent with God's highest and best for our lives. I've never understood that. Jesus himself is called in Scripture the Wonderful Counselor. It dawns on me that he might have counselors who work with him, for him, as an extension of him, that through them would flow wonderful counsel. Another complaint or objection to counseling is that, that Jesus never did inner healing. He just did physical healing. However, that's totally and completely not true. 
Every person who receives forgiveness, every person who forgives, are receiving in that emotional healing, healing of damaged emotions. Last week's podcast, which if you missed it, I hope you'll go back to the archive and listen to that. But we dealt with the story of a man lowered through the rooftop into Jesus' presence. I'm not going to rehash the whole story, but I will say this. Everyone in the room, the people who lowered him into the room and the man on the bed were all thinking only of physical healing. They wanted to know if Jesus would help him rise and walk. Therefore, they must have been shocked when the first thing Jesus said was not rise and be healed. He said, be of good comfort, son. Your sins are forgiven. In other words, Jesus must have discerned that that man needed inner healing before he could receive and sustain physical healing. Jesus did eventually say, rise and be healed. The man did pick up his bed and walk home. But first, he had to receive the redemptive touch of God upon his inner life. There must have been some burden of guilt and and condemnation that weighed on his soul to the point that Jesus, seeing that and discerning that, healed that first. The second thing is, it happened in a process. The process was abbreviated. Jesus did it quickly. But there was a process. And there is nothing wrong with entering into a process with a counselor who, in the light of the full counsel of God and anointed by the Holy Spirit, can guide us through healing of damaged emotions. In this whole series on the courage to be healed, I'm going to give you some accounts of people who found that courage to enter the process and what the process was like for them. And I'm believing that God will speak into your heart courage to look in the mirror and say, it's me. I need to get healed of this. And I'm believing God for that. God bless you, my friend. Yes, faith is a variable. But courage, the courage of a soldier to appear for maintenance, that's what I'm praying for you. God bless you. Thank you for joining me for The Leader's Notebook. Stay tuned now for how you can receive this book, Courage to be Healed. I want you to have it. I want it to be part of the arsenal of inner healing in your life. And there may be others, many others, that you want to have the book as well. God bless you. I pray that God gives us all courage to be healed. To order a copy of Courage to be Healed for yourself or someone you love, please visit the store at drmarkrutland.com. Enter the promo code COURAGE for 30% off. To order by the case, please call us at 888-823-8772. Thank you for listening to The Leader's Notebook.